Welcome back, everybody, to the Star Wars podcast. Today we are recapping episode six of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, the finale. It's over, and we're going to talk about this series as a whole. So, you know, if you don't want any spoilers, now would be a good time to hop out, go watch the episode, and come back. Also, just want to remind you guys up at the top of the show, uh, we're going to be doing this every week. We're going to be talking about Invincible next week as a bonus episode, and then we're diving into uh, uh, the Bad Batch. So if you would, if you're interested in that stuff, go ahead and hit the subscribe button, and we'll be here every week. So And sometimes more. We'll see. And uh, the guy who's going to be with me every single time is Tommy. Tommy, how's it going? I'm good. Uh, Michael, can you put your other headsets in, and then I'll... We'll count down together and just know when we count down, you're just going to have to grab hold of the uh, wheel of this helicopter that we're podcasting in. I thought you were actually giving me like technical advice for the podcast. Like, dude, it's time to time to get new headphones. Get rid of those. <laughs> hey, I know you did this whole intro, but I'm going to ruin it by being like, hey, your headphones are just trash. Your headphones are bad. <laughs> no, your other pair, because everyone knows you need two pairs of headphones, one to do the podcast and then another one to get secret messages from uh, Captain America. Exactly. So, And look, I I'll say this at the top of the show, in initial reactions for the finale. I I've been low on this season as a whole. I feel like kind of week after week I've come in and I've been, I've been hard on this show. I haven't gone easy, but I will say I love this finale. I, I thought... I think my view of the series as a whole, not as good as WandaVision. When I'm doing my Marvel show rankings in the future, uh, this will definitely be below WandaVision. But with that being said, I, th I think my issue throughout the series was there was never any sort of payoff to things. You know, you like, I guess I prefer my TV shows more of like a roller coaster with hills and valleys and um, different experiences going on throughout. But this kind of felt like we were all just leading up to this finale. and. I think it delivered. What do you think, Tommy? Yeah, I mean, I think when we compare the two WandaVision to this, uh, to, to Falcon and Winter Soldier, uh, I think there's higher highs in WandaVision, but I think there's also lower lows. This one was kind of middle where it's like, there was nothing ever that was like, I was super like upset about, but there's nothing I was like super pumped about. And I think what you're saying, um, one of the things that I find with this one and, and with WandaVision is and I think I mentioned it to you is how many times do we have to keep accepting the fact that Marvel are giving us these half baked characters, these half plots, and and their excuses essentially, oh, like this is just set up for another series. This is just set up for the movies. This is just when are they going to take the series and focus on the show they're working on? And, and I'm not saying it as like a full critique. Like I, I don't mind it. Cause like, I get it. You have to set things up and they've been doing this since the beginning of Marvel. I mean, this is, that's how we got Nick Fury at the end of uh, spoilers for the, for a movie that's really old uh, Iron Man. When Nick Fury comes at the end of, of Iron Man. But with all that being said, yeah, I loved the, the, the episode. I've loved the series overall. There's moments in this episode that, that really hit me hard. And in the series, I think the focus on what it means for Black Captain America is such a big point in this episode and a big point in the series. And I think that's where this series did its best. It's when it tried to get into the Flag Smashers and all this other stuff that that's when it gets a little too wonky for me. Oh, I totally agree. And like the highest points of this episode and the series again, um, obviously uh, 
the the incredible speech that he gives to the GRC members on on uh, the national news. Uh, that was a great moment. And then you get a moment later on with Isaiah again, which was just an awesome moment. I mean, that those, I mean, just super, super heartfelt and and caring in the way that they tackled these stories. And uh, yeah, I, I, man, I, my jaw was on the floor with that stuff because I said last week that they weren't packing the punch with the writing and, and stuff like that. But uh, they, I don't know if they were saving all that, all the goods for this finale, but man, it, it hit me for sure. Yeah. And, and like I said, we love that stuff and it, it works so well and they did it so well. The problem is for the last like five episodes, you've been really pushing Walker and you've been pushing like Flag Smashers and Power Brokers. And in, in the finale, they kind of just, they're, you know, I mean, what Walker's now allowed to just show up in battles and everyone's cool with him fighting. Th that stuff is, <laughs> we'll get into it. But uh, who knew I was going to be the nitpicker? But uh, overall, I did enjoy it. And we'll get into the stuff as we get through. But my overall summary, these are some of my like hot takes of just like, I think I'm just getting frustrated with Marvel of, like it was the same with WandaVision where it's like they gave us so little Monica. And it's like, oh, but she's going to be in another series. And it's like, oh, like, can we just have them in this series? They're here right now. <laughs> yeah, and I'll be interested to get your takes probably closer to the end of this podcast and where do you think things are going? Because, yeah, there's there's talks of... Uh, I'll tell everybody this up front. It sounds like uh, Disney has submitted WandaVision and the Falcon and the Winter Soldier to be nominated for Emmys. And they submitted WandaVision under the limited series category and they submitted uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier as a normal series, which implies that they would love to have a season two, right? So I'll be interested to talk to you later on about what you think is going to be the focus of season two and what you think would just probably carry out in the movies. So, Yeah, I have thoughts. It kind of goes into my new story, but yeah, we'll get into that at the, the end of the thing. But Cool. So uh, we'll just dive right into this episode. And uh, uh, yeah, we, we basically pick up right where we left off of the last one. Uh, the, the Flag Smashers are getting ready for their little GRC attack. And uh, our heroes are all coming together. Bucky's running through the streets. Uh, Sharon shows up here. She, Sharon had a really cool mask. Um, like uh, <laughs> there's there's a lot of cinematic masks that I can think of. Uh, I, I come to Mission Impossible with like the iconic like skin tight, uh, realistic looking human mask. And I think that that's like something that's been copied a lot for Mission Impossible. People don't even really realize it's been copied from Mission Impossible. But uh, that that's one that I think of. But this was kind of like the high tech version of that. What would <laughs> explain this mask to me? Yeah, I'd, I'm not entirely sure. I'm assuming some sort of nano technology that can get her face to look like other faces. But all this being said of the cool mask, she takes it off in the first, she shows up, she takes it off. Uh, what was the point of the mask? To get it through the door, I guess? But why don't you keep the mask on? She never puts it back on. The rest of the episode is Sharon Carter. I was very confused. That's a good point. I did not think about that. Uh, actually, I, I want to stop down here for a second. This is like, I got a question for you, like Marvel as a whole. Uh, I want to get your opinion on something. Um, basically, completely irrelevant to the episode. But you mentioned it. Nanotech. What's your opinion on nanotech? Like in general or in the Marvel world? Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll set up what, how I feel because obviously that's why I'm asking the question. <laughs> I hate nanotechnology, right? Like, I don't like that look and I don't like the concept of like Iron Man, like pressing a button on his chest and like the suit just forms out of nothing. Like, and I realize they do explain it pretty well. 
I mean, it's not realistic, but they explain it as well as they can for this uh, fictional universe. But I just hate that concept. Are you pro or anti nanotechnology? I like the idea of nanotechnology. Would I like it for myself? No. Like, I feel like that gets into the thing of like, if, if I would never want to, I mean, we probably already have something like this where it's like, but I, it's, I don't like the idea of something that can control me if it goes in the wrong hands. And I just worry that like, if I'm having like nanotechs, you know, floating around my bloodstream, just like cruising on all my red blood cells. And then like some bad guy is able to like control the nanotechnology. You know, I'm just his meat puppet now. <laughs> Not a meat puppet. Yeah. <laughs> I hate and love that term at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> all right that, that was a little tangent there uh hopefully we'll get some nanotechnology in the future to talk about because uh, i still i have very heated opinions about nanotech but should, we get, should we get uh stark wars nanotechnology we make all of our stark warriors take it and then we can control the stark warriors see and this is the thing i think i'm kind of the opposite and i don't like it in the movies but if you offered me like if we had nanotech merch like how cool would that be like little bracelets that can form around. Oh, gotta turn. Guys, I'm at work. Better turn off my Stark Wars bracelet, and the nanotechnology goes away. And you're like, oh, I'm out party time. Stark Wars bracelet. Like, yeah, where'd your bracelet go? I just, it's nanotech. Yeah, <laughs> just don't worry away. about it. What if you could do that with like clothes? Like, it's like, oh, I'm going to work meeting on Zoom. Better turn on my nano clothes. And then once you're done, you're like, cool, I'm done. I'm back. It's like the Zoom background of the future. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so the, something uh, I'll give you some credit here because I, I was harping on the fact I was annoyed that we didn't get to see Sam's suit last week, and uh, I thought it was really dumb to, to leave that as a cliffhanger. But you made a good point. You said, "What about that moment when he shows up with that cool new suit?" And uh, it happened, and I'm all about it. What do you think of the new uh, Falcon suit? Such a cool suit. I'm glad it has the wings. It's exactly like the comics. I mean, that's. I whenever you do any of this kind of stuff, I feel kind of bad because I feel like the costume people probably want to have more fun with this stuff. But like, you gotta you gotta stay true to the comics with some of these things, and uh, he wears it so well. I do have uh, questions about the fact that they really pushed the no fly zone, but there was a lot of helicopters going on. There was Falcon was flying. There was a lot of flying going on. It was not a f no fly zone. That's a good point. They didn't say no fly zone, and uh, one of the main issues was a was a, a flying vehicle. So yeah, I guess the flag smashers are they don't follow rules. If it's a no fly zone, they're flying in it. Oh yeah, they're rebels for sure. So they're all about breaking the rules. <laughs> and uh, another another interesting, I, I will say the comedy in this episode, especially in the fight scene, for somehow uh, there were so many jokes in here that absolutely killed me. Um, there's a whole exchange when Batrock shows up here and uh, Batrock talks about he wants the bird suit and then Sam says he'll trade it for a baguette. Man, this uh, that was a good, uh, good, good exchange all around there. Yeah, and I like also I think around this point one of the senators or someone goes, wait, I thought the cap is on the moon. Like they, they brought back the whole cap being on the moon thing, which I thought was a funny bit as well. There's a lot of humor and it, it, you need that, especially in like serious shows. Like humor is the best thing. Um, and I liked the fight with, with the leaper and he didn't bring any baguettes uh, to the table, but that would have been a lot better. I what if he, more. what if he fought with baguettes? <laughs> I, is that, uh, certainly they've done something like that in the comics, right? 
probably DC. Marvel's a little more serious, but like DC, you have like Condiment Man and stuff. I could see like one of the DC villains being like Baguette Man. Hello, it is me, Baguette Man. Captain America, I am coming for you with my baguettes. I think I know the answer to this, but if you had to be a superhero that uh, and your powers revolved around a certain type of food, what would it be? Oh, man. I mean, like, it's not really a food, but like a crockpot. I feel like I'd be like, like, I'd be like a mama crockpot and I'd have like a crockpot and I'd be like, hello, children. And I throw like uh, <laughs> soup at them. I don't know. Oh, that's terrifying. Uh, like hot soup is your weapon. <laughs> Back off. Your shield will be no match to my soup. Uh, definitely not uh, Definitely not uh, John's new shield. Uh, I think it could melt right through that. So Yeah, I don't know what he was doing with that new shield. It worked for a second, I guess. So we, the next moment we get here, uh, there's a lady on the street who gives Bucky a phone, and, and Carly's on the phone. And uh, this, is, this is ominous to me. There's this moment here with just this random woman. She doesn't really look like a flag smasher. And then later on, jumping forward a little bit, we get this old dude in the car who blows up the truck. So I feel like the flag smashers are way more integrated than what we saw in the show. Like, I feel like there's something way bigger to the situation. Just like between this woman and this dude at the end who blows up the truck. I just feel like uh, I don't think we're done with the flag smashers. What do you think? Well, I know who the old dude in the truck is, and he's definitely not a flag smasher. Um, okay, well, let's uh, do you want it to let's tackle it now because I, I I need to know this. I have no idea. Yeah, we met him already. He's Zemo's but he's Zemo's butler. Oh my god! <laughs> and that's why we went to Zemo smiling in his cell. It's like, yeah, Zemo set that up. Like they murdered all the flag smashers because he wanted all of these superpowered people gone. Get them yeah. out of Zemo's life. I need to not watch the show at 4 a.m. anymore because uh, I'm not picking up on these things. Oh, I think I just love the butler so much. Like he was definitely a fan favorite in my eyes. So I was like, oh, he's back. Um, but yeah, that's him. And I, I think what they set up with this lady and, and they kind of set up last episode when we see all those strangers coming out of the street is like even they have people working for them that aren't super powered. Like there are people that are believe in their cause that are that are working for them and so i think that's what this person was was someone who believes in the flag smasher's message and was like hey i have this telephone for you bucky please answer it yes uh so there's that and do you uh, think she got her phone back i i would guess it probably wasn't even her phone uh, uh maybe just like uh she took it from the like compound or something i have no idea yeah, maybe like when you join the Flag Smashers, you get a free phone. Like it's like uh, when AT&T has like those plans. It's like, oh, if you join us today, you get unlimited minutes. Maybe it's like that for the Flag Smashers. Like you join and you get this free phone. Join once and we'll provide a phone for your entire rebellion. Yeah. Oh, I would <laughs> listen. Maybe I'll have to change my tune about the Flag Smashers. <laughs> yeah, look, uh, phones are pricey, so uh, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, but I love the dialogue with with him and Carly, and, and just like the turnaround. We don't talk enough about Bucky because I think the focus has been very, you know, Falcon Sam heavy. And I do like that he feels like he's finally adjusting to the fact that no, you can be who you want to be. You're not Winter Soldier if you don't want to be. And like he talks about, like fighting for something bigger than yourself. Right, so this is a good point. Um, we get a lot of uh, Falcon redemption this episode. 
I, and we do, I mean, obviously we get redemption for Bucky throughout, but, but what's weird to me is Falcon gets to graduate to Captain America, but Bucky is still Winter Soldier. Well, well when are we getting a new name for Bucky? Does he like that name? You know, I don't know. Does he even go by Winter Soldier anymore other than the title? Is he Winter Wolf? Or what was it? White Wolf, not Winter Wolf. Winter Wolf. Ooh. I, well, that's what I was. I, I think Captain uh, Captain America and White Wolf should be season two. Oh, that'd be cool. So, still too many words in the title, but like, take what we can get. Yeah. No. I maybe he'll just be Buck Bucky. You know. Maybe let's think of some alliteration. Can we call him uh, Bucky Barnes? Bucky, well, yeah, yeah. I guess you could call him Bucky Barnes. I was thinking like Big Bucky, like watch out, Big Bucky's coming for you (laughs) with that Big Bucky R. (laughs) I love it, Big Bucky's. That's uh, that's that's a yeah. We hit hit gold here today. So I want to touch on another thing because Sharon shows up here, and obviously, uh, uh, we kind of we we very much predicted the inevitable reveal of Sharon Carter coming up here, but but even before all of that, I'm just like, wow, she's got the, like the coolest gadgets. She has obviously that face mask, and then this uh, mercury vapor bomb that she uses. Uh, yeah, that was pretty terrifying. That was wild, and like probably not government approved. I mean, she doesn't really work for the government now, so she can do what she wants. I also liked when she was talking to Bucky because Bucky got distracted and she goes, Bucky, you had one job, <laughs> like one job and you didn't do it. Uh, I know. Well, speaking of, uh, speaking of tech here, another thing they kind of got, they glossed over. I feel like sh- should have been, and I've said it before. I felt like we needed, we needed Falcon with a real Falcon in the show. I would have loved that. I, w- I would have. Lo- this is this felt like the perfect time to introduce something like that. But look, all good. We do get a new Red Wing, and they do. They kind of brush over it. He just kind of shows up. So I was glad yeah. to see a Red Wing back. Yeah, I cheered. I was like, "You do, you Red Wing." Um, I Red will Wing's ask Junior. I will ask though, if you had to choose between getting axed by, like, getting you know, killed by sharon and her murky vapors or walker and his shield Ooh. which which one would you take i'd probably take the shield see i think the vapor was more instantaneous i think the shield he's got to go a couple of times to really you know it didn't look like it was a one-time thing he had to, he had to go down on you a couple of times with the the shield to the neck so not to get too gruesome but i i think it'd be more painful yeah and speaking of not getting too gruesome um i thought <laughs> they didn't show it obviously but i, I assumed that uh, that fly smasher was decapitated all the way um so i i don't know i i don't like getting burns like if i burn my finger like uh ugh, i hate that feeling so yeah the mercury that dude's like he was like melting so yeah I don't know. it was like the wicked witch of the west exactly <laughs> um but yeah so uh we had we also go into this uh this little, uh, we kind of brush over the, uh, the, the the Falcon and Bat Rock scene, but he jumps out the window and he's going after the helicopters at this point. Um, and I, I guess we can talk about the helicopter scenes as a whole. I, I, I thought this was pretty cool. Um, kind of uh, very reminiscent of the first episode, right? Uh, he, uh, he basically uses the same exact move to finish off the pilot of the one helicopter. So I thought this was, what do you think about this whole, the, the helicopter fight here? Yeah, I felt like it was like a cool callback to the first episode uh, in the helicopter fight we got there. And I I love it. Like, 
I, you know, it was some really gorgeous shots too. When he's like down dipping his wings, it reminded me of like, remember in Harry Potter when like the hippogriff, like he like Harry reaches out and touches the, why does everyone want to touch water when they fly near it? I guess it's a thing, but, uh, and I love like, just like, he's not, steve right and he can't just use steve's strength but the way he is captain america the way he like uses technology and looking to find out who's a pilot on the thing luckily there was someone that i guess knew pilot skills like what would he have done if no one on that helicopter knew how to fly a helicopter maybe he would have flown it or red wing he just sends a little red wing in there <laughs> does red wing have arms is the question <laughs> Deploy just, little arms. yeah little tiny arms come out uh nanotechnology arms one thing i thought was weird about the substitute pilot um he tells her to count down for five and she proceeds to count down out loud from five as if she's about to attack i don't know if that was a good strategy you know did he tell her to count out loud or did she just make that choice because i was like yeah that's a bold move to just start counting like if i was the pilot i guess he's distracted with falcon like trying to trying to come after him but i would have been like hey are you why are you counting back <laughs> well i think he said like uh in five seconds i'm going to do this and you need to t- grab the wheel and then she's like five four i'm like you don't what are you a timer yeah why didn't he just count out the, the pilot <laughs> can't hear him if he counts in her ear also like yeah like so i mentioned at the top is yeah she he was like he, you get a message from a stranger that was just like put your headphones in and she put the headphones in and then uh falcon told him i don't know if i would do that i don't know who this stranger is i guess i don't have many options that's true i don't know if someone told me to put my headphones in i'm throwing him out the helicopter <laughs> like get out of out to the phone too stop <laughs> just everything <laughs> i've just been kidnapped and now they're hacking my phones i'm done leave me alone well you know if she throws her phone overboard she can always just join the flag smashers and then get a free phone from their plan <laughs> love the flag smasher deal uh sponsored by at&t um i will say you mentioned uh how beautiful these scenes were um i I was very much i was reluctant coming into this episode because i didn't feel there were some really beautiful shots in wandavision at the end um but there was also a couple moments where i thought the cgi could have been better i didn't see any area where i would have improved anything like this felt like a marvel movie to me like every every scene was was excellently crafted and uh yeah no flaws in the in the cgi yeah, and the fight, the fight choreography was great too. Like I like shield, like how they use the shield, and especially now putting together the Falcon. Like I like that he used a little jetpack that he used, you know, when his wings got off, he used that to uh, help push the shield at one point. Um, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, so uh, we'll we'll go back to Bucky here. He's he's kind of on his own little mission, and he he's gonna save the GRC members from the truck. And Bucky, Bucky has a cool move where uh, he's 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 on a motorcycle and he hits one of those concrete barriers and just like throws himself, <laughs> which yeah. I thought that was again. Bucky's just like he's just cool, man. He's like not worried about anything. Well, that reminded me. Didn't he have a move similar to that in Winter Soldier with a motorcycle where it like went straight up or something? I feel like I remember something. You know, that sounds familiar. Yeah, uh, yeah, he, he's. He's a motorcycle boy, so. <laughs> do you think they? Do you think when did he learn that though? Did the did the, the um the Russian or did Hydra like implant that inside of him when he was like in his training was like also you really like motorcycles and you're going to be really good at motorcycle tricks. 
That would be like that has to be like the best thing he he got out of uh, that experience. Yeah, it reminds me of this is a deep cut, but in Jimmy Neutron once there was this point where him and the girl Cindy got their their skills mixed up and they had to go and uh, separate them and be like, oh, like Jimmy, you're really good at whistling. And Cindy, you're really good at this. Like, I feel like that's what they did with Bucky was like, oh, let's just give him all these random skills. Uh, Bucky, you are really good at blowing bubbles. And also you can ride a motorcycle. Yeah, stay tuned for our Jimmy Neutron recap show. Uh, Falcon Winter Soldier is over, but Jimmy Neutron is coming up next. So, <laughs> but yeah, I, I get the Bucky stuff. I wasn't really sure where what his plan was that was different than uh, Sharon. It seems like they were doing the same thing, kind of, but on two different paths. And it also was interesting with Carly because she was kind of involved with this, where she just like at this point she just doesn't care and i guess that's been her motive all along but she's just like yeah kill all the hostages to distract them so we can get away and i'm like well like okay <laughs> yeah that uh i mean I, I think their interests very much like their overall goal of this fight is the same obviously their end goal is probably very different so um yeah sharon has been a fascinating character throughout this series and i'm excited to see what's next for her so I did get, we haven't really been in questions recently. Maybe this was more, this came up in a conversation with our buddy Luke on Twitter, but he was wondering, is there anything in the comics that would point to Sharon Carter being evil in any way? I know she's not the power broker, but does she have any evil streak? No, and, and this is where I'm not as hard about Sharon being power broker because they really haven't done anything with her in the movies before like that's actually one of the things we said going into this that we were excited about to learn about her is like she kind of was an open canvas because most of the plots that involve her in the comics they didn't really jump into like one of the big big ones that sharon is involved in is civil war in the comics because at the time i believe she's dating cap um and then it's like this big moment spoilers if you're ever going to read the civil war comics this is your moment just skip through a little bit but basically she is on the steps and she uh, is like involved with like the whole shooting cap thing. But it's like she's like mind controlled. It's this whole weird thing. And really it was just a teleportation gun. Not really sure. I mean, Crossbones is the one that shot. But this, there's a lot there. <laughs> Hard to really dive into. But she has like that thing where it's like, oh, no, what side is Sharon on? But it's like, no, she was being mind controlled. I haven't seen her go this deep but because the character was a blank slate i think it's okay this is where they're going i just wish they would have foreshadowed it more yeah that makes sense um and uh, i i do believe uh if there will be a season two i i would predict she would be the main villain of season two is that out of the realm of understanding for you yeah i see that i also could see her being in other properties. I mean, that's what's so interesting is a lot of this stuff. And it will be cool to see some of these people. They're not just pigeonholed into like, oh, she has to be in Captain America and stuff. Maybe she comes into Young Avengers. I mean, she's not part of the government. She's uh, now has power that can affect other people in the Marvel Universe. That makes sense. So uh, another one of our antagonists this episode shows up here. John Walker with his um, his little tinged toy shield. Was he an antagonist? Like, he really was helping our heroes who, I, you know, I said it earlier. I just, 
I don't, I guess you're in the middle of a fight. You're looking for help from anyone, but you already saw what his help looks like. He murdered a guy. It's, it's like putting Zemo out there again. And I guess they did that. They released Zemo from jail. So I guess it's not out of the question. They, they would team up with Walker, but I, I didn't mind this. I just don't know what the show wants us to feel about Walker. Are we supposed to like him? Are we supposed to dislike him? I don't know. One of the one of the best points that Robbie made last week was he pointed out that um, Walker very much was motivated in similar ways to do horrible things in the way that Wanda was. And if we are willing to forgive Wanda for the horrible actions she put people through, now Wanda didn't necessarily kill anyone, but. But we also just, weren't willing to forgive Wanda. We all were like, no, yeah, Wanda should be in jail. Like, yeah, Fair if, point. Yeah. We, if we were siding with Wanda, it's the show. It's like only the people at Marlboro are like, yeah, like Walker, like Wanda, they're doing the right thing. And all the fans are like, no, these people are doing bad stuff. Yeah, exactly. So uh, weird character here, but uh, – and. and yeah, well, we'll we'll get into the future of Walk, uh, Walker as well, but uh, Walker gets his ass handed to him. Carly, Carly gives it to him for sure. I know, and how embarrassed you think he was when he's wearing his Captain America suit, and then he sees uh, Falcon's really cool Captain America suit. Like it looks like when you show up to like like Comic Con and you have like this cool like Loki costume that you made from scratch, and you see someone else's that's way better. And you're just like, well, should I just go change? Like <laughs> this is really bad. <laughs> Yeah, he should have put that uh, that that uh, black and red U.S. agent to costume on way sooner. Uh, bad timing. Should have gotten that sooner. Yeah, and that's the thing. I th- I think for me with him, I just wanted to see. We saw him snap last episode, and then he comes into this, and it was like everything seemed cool, calm, and collected with him. And I was just, I think they're building him up, and I have a theory of what they're going to do with him in the future. I just think for me, they need to finish him in this series. And I felt like he was down going down a downward spiral and they need to finish that. And it's like, they stopped right before he completely snapped. And I, I think for me, there was a lot of um, whiplash almost from that. I'm like, well, this Walker makes sense before he murdered someone, but after he murdered, it doesn't, it doesn't connect. The wires aren't connecting for me. Yeah, there was a really weird moment here um, after their little fight and everything. They end up, uh, the the truck is is about to fall off this ledge, right? And Walker has this moment where he can either chase after Carly or he can grab the truck. And he ends up grabbing the truck, which if that felt like they really were trying to redeem Walker in that moment. Like, oh, he's doing the right thing now. So again, it's like, uh, it just, it, 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 you're right. It's very weird. Walker is very weird. <laughs> And I think if what they're doing, I think they want you to feel that he wants to do the good thing, but doing it the wrong way. Like he's kind of like with Carly. It's like Carly has good intentions, kind of some of her theories, but she's doing it in a very not okay way. And I think that's what Walker is like. I think his, his morality is skewed, but like at the end of the day, he's going to grab the truck even though he has this personal vendetta against Carly, because that's the right thing to do. And again, I know uh, you you compare you brought up the Killmonger references before, and I've done it in the past. And I think the reason we do that is because like he is like the gold standard for Marvel villains. But the reason he was was because he was right a lot of the time. So 
And that, and I think that's what's great about Marvel villains is it's not cut and dry. You know, the, we are having this entire discussion about whether or not he is a good guy or a bad guy. His intentions are good. He's going about it the wrong way. Um, and, and I think that probably is a lesson they learned from Killmonger where they're like, hey, th- we don't want just like this big, bad, no, like Darth Vader is an example of somebody that is basically completely irredeemable uh, to be set up at, at least. And uh, but he's just like he's just a big, bad figure that's daunting and tall and kills people you know like and and i think that i think they want more from their villains and i think that's something that i really love seeing from marvel i agree i think the difference with killmonger and i would even say zemo i think zemo is the best villain in this because when they stand by their truth and i think that's my thing with walker i don't know what his truth is but with killmonger it's very clear what he believes in everything is laid out for you and he never wavers from it same with zemo it's like zemo zemo's mission is to get rid of all the super soldiers he's never wavered from it you know obviously they retcon some things with him uh, going into the series but even up to the end that was what he was focused on and so I think I just need to see more from Walker. I'm intrigued. I love the actor. I think he did such a good job with, with Walker and you know, this battle, like I think there's interesting storylines. You can take him. I'm just cautiously optimistic, pessimistic. I don't know. Yeah. And, and that's, and uh, I talked about where I thought Sharon could go in the future. I'll bring this up for John. Um, I, I think John's moving on to other things. Uh, uh better things i don't know if you'll be in a movie or not what because what's weird to me is i feel like a lot of this was and and this is kind of the way marvel does storytelling they will kind of leave a character in a neutral state and then the next director or writer can come up and pick that story up and basically go with however direction they want they they really could they could try their best to redeem walker or they could turn him into a villain later on i don't know if that jives with your theory at all I'll get into it. So I, what I think, and, and we see it at the end with Bal, I think Bal, there's a couple paths they could take this, but I think the one that I'm leaning the most, especially off this, is she's going to create the Dark Avengers. So in the comics, there's a thing called the Dark Avengers where like uh, Osborn is like the Iron Man, I believe. And like they all basically, they become the Avengers, but basically it's a bunch of villains underneath. Like he's inside this like Iron Patriot suit. I think that's originally when the Iron Patriot gets created was it, he was a dark Avenger and it was Osborne and um, they were seen as like these new heroes, but like the heroes were all like, they're not heroes and no one would believe them. And it was this whole thing. And I could see that path with Val's team where it's like, especially the, with the way they're writing Walker, where it's like, he does believe he's doing good. So it's like, I could see these people being almost like praised at first. It's like, Oh yes. But then it's like, no, they're, you know, their morals are all, uh wishy-washy and stuff so i could see that maybe like a thunderbolts but there's definitely some sort of team being created and um i think that could be interesting like almost like a suicide squad-esque uh team possibly or or just completely villainy villains yeah and i'll be interested to see who fills out that uh anti that anti-hero team um because uh i mean if they're all john walker level villains or maybe like these tv show villains i don't know if i would be as hyped about it but uh we'll see we'll see where it goes i mean is there anyone else uh i guess we'll talk comic book spoilers a little bit but is there anyone else in the marvel universe now that you could see being pulled into a team like that i mean 
No, <laughs> maybe Zemo, but it wouldn't really fit. Like, it, I don't think Zemo would fit part of that team. Um, there's probably someone I'm not thinking of. Like, obviously, they can go back th- through the movies and pull like any of the the movie connected people. You know, like oh, like the Iron Man s person and, and like the person that you know, like like a heart, like a hammer. I feel like you could bring Hammer back um, for that, possibly. People yeah, who are about, in it, yeah. What about Loki? Does that make sense? Well, isn't Loki either dead or he's like time traveling in a d- different dimension, right? Yeah, but they got to bring him back in the series, right? Like that's got to be like the the <laughs> get Loki out of here. I'm I'm with you. I'm uh, I love Loki, but they did him too much. It was like they had a villain, they had their Killmonger like villain, and they were like, "Well, now we just need to put him in everything." And it was it was Loki overload. Yeah, uh, they had Loki on the high key, that's for sure. Yep. yep. So. <laughs> Uh, we'll jump back in this episode here. Uh, the, the the truck's hanging off the ledge. Uh, Falcon comes through, saves it. Um, but yeah, this is this is kind of when uh, this is our Scooby Doo moment. Everyone's like, "It's time to split up," you know. Uh, which I mean, I guess they were already split up. So <laughs> yeah. And Sharon catches up to Carly, and we get like their whole thing. And I, I do wish we would have saw more of this. Like it actually made the flag smashers make a little bit more sense. Where it was. They worked for Sharon. It wasn't that they just stole the super uh, super soldier serum. Also, big spoiler, guys. We definitely didn't see it coming. Sharon's the power broker. Whoa. Yeah, in hindsight, do you think it would have been better if we knew that from the start? I think it would work if we knew, but no one. I don't. I think it. I like that kind of stuff where it's like we know something, but like Sam won't know that she's the power broker. I I think so because I think we already kind of knew. It was like this very thinly veiled secret. <laughs> yeah. And I, I feel like they very much are like, we're, we're a different type of Marvel breed, right? Uh, we're reading stuff online. We're doing podcasts. We're taking notes. We're overanalyzing it. I don't think the show is made for people like us. And I, I, I'm excited for, I think WandaVision was probably more for people like us, or maybe at least for me, because there was a lot. I did not see where things were going in that show. Um, this one, I think we very much saw uh, the future for Sharon and it, and it kind of felt like they thought they were getting one over on us, but we, you know, it's like, I felt like, uh, yeah, maybe hide it from Sam and Bucky, but kind of show her doing even more suspicious stuff in earlier episodes. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. And like I said, I don't mind her doing this. Like it does make sense. If she truly feels like she was abandoned and she had to make something of herself. Again, we didn't know her character enough. I think people are putting too much weight on her of like, oh, but she's Peggy Cotter's niece. She would never, we don't know what her characteristics are. We didn't see enough of her from the movie. So I don't mind this heel turn because there was no heel to stand on. Yeah, no, that's a great point. Uh, she, was, she was a blank slate and they are filling it up. So um, it, she also kills Batrock in the scene, which uh, R.I.P. <laughs> Listen, he he's lucky he even got into the show. He could have just been off <laughs> in the Winter Soldier and we never see him again. Uh, yeah, I thought that was interesting. Uh, he definitely was like on a power trip at the end where he's just like, I want more money. And they're like, okay, we can just get rid of you. Like, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> like, nice try, dude. That's not going to work here. You're dead. So, um, but yeah, then Falcon, Falcon shows up to fight Carly. And uh, th- this is one of my favorite moments of the episode when she comes at the shield and he blocks it with the shield, but then he throws his wing downs, his wings down, kind of like a kickstand to support himself. 
uh, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, there was um, there was another moment like that where he, I think a helicopter was crashing and he was protecting people and he like had the shield at the top and then he put his wings all the way around him like a shield and I was like, that's pretty cool. Yeah, we love we love this new suit. Um, so uh, uh, wings and red wings, also we love it. And uh, so also we get uh, we get Bucky and and Walker. Kind of weird. It, it's almost like they were buddies. They, they were the the buddy cop uh, relationship in this episode. Yeah, we get them like they they release the hostages from the truck, uh, and we get like the whole con- on that side. And yeah, it was. I guess, like, I guess again, like, what's Bucky supposed to do? Uh, say no to help. It was like one part I kind of felt bad for Walker was when like he was up against like four super soldiers and they were just like beating him. Like I'm like, oh no, this is not looking good for you, bud. All he does is lose. So uh, yeah, is yeah, he- no, go ahead. I mean, do we count this as as finally a Walker win? I, I give him more to like he assisted. Maybe he gets like an assistance asterisk on his record, but like this was not like a Walker uh, win in my in my books. Yeah, no, the, I wouldn't call it a win, especially because he had a lot of yeah. He, he it was more of an assist, and also like he didn't really win in like a traditional superhero way either. Like it wasn't his all the things that he prides himself on that got him the win. Maybe his intelligence. I don't know. Yeah. But so, on the other side, we get Sharon, Carly, and and Falcon. And it looks like Falcon's going to get shot. But, you know, Sharon saves him and, and kills Carly. And Carly dies. Yeah, and again, yeah, you kind of touched on it bat, uh, with Batrock. Uh, I, I feel bad for Aaron Kellyman. You know, like, I, I've kind of been following her on social media. And, like, she, she's really excited that she's in, like, a Marvel thing. And, and and now she's gone. But then again, it's also like, dude, you are in a Marvel thing, you know? I also think the legacy of Carly will live on. Like, I think the Flag Smashers, like you said at the top, I don't think they're gone. I think, like, it's one of those things, like, her, she's now going to be a, a, a matriarch almost, like, where it's like, it's now, like, look look what happened when we speak up. And um, I could see that happening with the Flag Smashers, that it's more of a movement now than just one person or, or a group. It's like everyone is a Flag Smasher. Yeah, so we had Ma- uh, Mama uh, Donya, and now we have Mama Carly. So, the- <laughs> yeah, and super artistic shots here with like, you know, Falcon, Captain America walking with Carly's body um, over over to the press, and we get what we talked about at the top: the big speech, the big uh, Cap, you know, going down on the senators, telling them, "Hey, you guys need to rethink what you're doing." Real quick, I want to hop back to another one of my favorite moments. Uh, very quick line here, but uh, Walker throws out a Abraham Lincoln quote: "Mercy bears richer fruit than strict justice." And uh, I love that. I love that Bucky called him out on this. He's like, uh, "Lincoln, really?" And then <laughs> Walker's like, "Great quote, great man." I just thought that was again like that. They were the buddy cop uh, pairing here. Thought that was funny. Completely yeah. derailed the much better scene coming up, but I'll let you set it up. No, I mean, anytime we can make Walker look, you know, a little <laughs> like, uh, you know. Right. But yeah, we, we get to the press and, and I think like the senators are like, yeah, don't worry. Like we're going to go through with the patch act and uh, Falcon, Sam, Captain America, all of the above. He, he calls them out and rightfully so. And I think this moment, and this is where I go. I think this will work better in a six-hour binge because I think 
you don't feel the impact of this moment without the Isaiah scenes. You don't feel that this is justified from Sam. I think without him going back to Isaiah and getting this, the information. Cause yeah, he's basically like, listen to these labels you're putting out terrorists and, and forcing them into settlements. It's like, we've already dealt with something that was like, we, we know what it's like to be scared for our lives. Now everyone's on the same playing field. Thanos came in here and literally could snap and half of us were gone. We have to remember that. We can't forget that feeling because that's the only thing we all have in common now. Right. And uh, yeah, just, I mean, this scene was powerful on, on so many levels because we get, we get Sam addressing all of the issues that were very valid from the Flag Smashers perspective. We get the issues brought up about uh, being the black Captain America. We get the issues of, uh, we, we even get him talking about, he's talking about how he doesn't have powers. He's just a dude. But what he does have is that he believes that they can do better and he's calling them out on this. And yeah, I just, I mean, wow. Just this scene might be like, the the high it's the highlight of the season for me uh, i'm hesitant to say it's the highlight of all of these new marvel shows but i loved it it was so beautiful yeah and i mean just him confronting that garbage senator and he's like you can do better like we can do better and you need to do better and also with this i do love the crowd here and they did it earlier with the helicopters it's like it reminds me of like spider-man sam raimi like where it was like they shoot to random people in the crowd like cheering on spider-man like it was like that with uh with falcon and like also the callbacks to like the whole like black falcon conversation and people be like no that's captain america like it it is like a a talking point about our society and like specifically in comics and stuff is like that is a thing where it's like the first thing people will do is be like is label someone by their their it's like oh that's black falcon it's not just a joke like it is like a true thing that i could see happening in our world right and uh maybe this is a good time to talk about whether and, and you know at this point it's like who are we to uh to judge the great sam wilson um uh, but i am curious because we we we've talked about this all season long. Does Sam Wilson need to be Captain America? Like, and I'm still, I'm still not totally sold that this was the specific right decision. I felt like he could have accomplished all this without being Captain America. I don't think Sam needs to be Captain America. I think the world needs him to be like, I think the world needs him. Not that he needs it. Like, this whole speech all of this he's you know when he was saying he's like i see you guys looking at me i think he's wearing it to it's almost to normalize it if that makes sense to normalize the idea that a black man can be captain america the idea that a black man can be a main character almost it's almost a commentary on like yeah you're going to question it and i know people are rolling their eyes but i'm doing it not for me like i if i had my way i would go back to falcon i would be you know, in my comfortability, but I'm going to be uncomfortable because it, I, you guys need to be uncomfortable. Like everyone needs to be uncomfortable with, with this because that's the first problem is that you guys are uncomfortable. That's how I saw it. So I think it's more of, he needs to be captain America to prove a point almost. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good point. And uh, yeah. So at the end of the day, I'm happy uh, uh, that we get, because this, 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 I said it from the beginning, even before I, I questioned whether he needed to be it or not. I wanted Sam Wilson to take up the shield, so I'm very happy that this is the result. So, and uh, 
yeah, so uh, this is this is kind of the uh, conclusion of everything. They're, they're taking the the Flag Smashers back to the raft, which uh, we get another. The raft is like a big focal point of this, or at least one focal point of the show. Um, so I was like, oh man, what's what's going to happen with Zemo and all these guys? But no, and you you broke this down pretty well. I did not realize that this was the butler that uh, that, that blew up this truck with the Flag Smashers in it. It makes a lot more sense when they come back to to Zemo here because I was going to call out the fact that I thought it was a little weird that we just randomly cut to Zemo. But uh, look, uh, again, I'm watching this at 4 a.m. So yeah, well, and. I thought Sharon was going to get, I thought this was like Sharon's plan, like take out Carly. Now I get the flag smashers. And uh, yeah, I like that Zemo did this. The Butler like casually just blows up (laughs) the truck. Uh, And then we get jump right into Val who who seems to have the play by play and know that Zemo was a part of this. I don't know how Val like had that four one one, you know? Yeah, I get it. I think that might be like, that might be something that we might learn more about her in the future and other shows uh, like black widow. I, I feel like uh, we might understand a lot of her connections a bit more and like what her actual, like, I feel like we, we, at this point, if everything played out the way that they had planned, we might really be understanding what Val is doing by recruiting John Walker and all that good stuff. So yeah. I, do I don't think, know if that's meant to be a mystery. Do you think she uh, uses the same like news watches the same news as like Monica and then when they had like the play by play of what happened during the uh the uh end game fights when they were like oh yeah this happened and this happened and Captain Marvel was beating Thanos it's like that was probably Val had like the the direct cams of of the Avengers yeah and uh that that's kind of that I mean joking aside that is kind of how the news works here uh when when Captain America is giving his speech I don't know that like in a situation like that like in the middle of like recovering from a disaster they would be filming this conversation and airing the entire thing on TV for Isaiah to see like again I think I think the news is way probably way more in depth in the Marvel universe so not live they would film it probably make sure I don't know. That's a bold move to just have someone say something live that you don't know what's, I mean, it was a good thing. He was saying good things, but you know what I mean? Like, right. Anybody, anybody just uh, talking freely on, on live cameras. Yeah. A risky. So, um, but yeah, Val, uh, she, she has, she has a funny line again. Uh, it couldn't have worked out better if I did it myself or did I just kidding? Or am I? God, she's so funny. She's so good. I need more of her. It's such a funny character and but also scary. Like when a when a villain uses humor in that way, it's terrifying. Yeah, yeah. This she's very ominous. So I, I'm excited to see what she's doing. And she she helps him out with the new suit. Uh we get the 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 red and black US agent outfit. What do you think of the costume? Yeah, I mean it, it's straight from the comics. I I think this is one where you could have probably done something different, but again, like if you're going to do what they did in the comics, I'm not going to argue with you. I did like that. The wife is involved. I I'm intrigued to see what else they do with her. If she becomes more involved in the storyline. I think they could have done away with the helmet. I did like that. They called it out. The wife was like, like, I, that was so funny to me that they called out like, oh yeah, he's probably taking a long time because of the helmet. Like, it's like, is that like an afterthought? Because like they knew how much people criticized the helmet. 
<laughs> yeah uh yeah i'll i'll be I'll, I'll say this i'll be shocked if like uh he shows up in another uh property and like he's wearing that helmet a lot i think they will take him uh a step back on the helmet but yeah so that that was a fun scene the next uh this was one that uh maybe you had called it out before um bucky bucky's showing up to his buddy's house to uh to tell him about his son yeah, which I, I feel like this could have been a longer scene. It seemed very yada yada. Like, I don't know. Like, I guess they didn't build it up enough in the beginning to really care too much about this guy. But it was very like, I think what it was there for was to show that Bucky is willing to move on. Because this is the one person he was afraid to like fully make amends with. But who is he looking through the window at? The waitress, oh. Beatrice, team Beatrice, baby. We did get Beatrice back. Uh, yeah, I was hoping he'd go in there, but he did not. No, you know they're going to be texting, um, sending <laughs> tiger photos to each other. I don't know. I think Bucky's got some some grafting to do, as they say, because uh, he stood her up. Last time he saw her, he just walked out on their date. She smiled, though. It seems like she's willing to forgive him. <laughs> Uh, not, a weird part here, though, like I, I have to imagine there is some more uh, more footage left on the, the cutting room floor here because uh, Bucky tells the man that, that he killed his son. And that's basically the end of the scene. He walks out like there's you don't really get his reaction or like, hey, I forgive you or anything like that. He just kind of tells him and leaves. I thought that was like. Uh, is it? A, let's listen to this. We've talked about amends here, you know, like the difference between avenging and amends. Um, is it? Have you made your amends if if they don't forgive you? I think you've done your part. And I think yeah. you had to, like, I think you've made amends on your side. So I think, like, especially with, like, the therapy side, they're probably going to say, like, oh, yeah, like, you need to move on at this point. Because it's, like, they're not going to tell you, oh, yeah, if they haven't made amends back, like, you just have to keep hoping that they're going to make You try keep pestering the old yeah. man. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like, yeah, I think if the old man was just like, hey, I need, like, Thank you for letting me know, but you got to go. I think that's immense. At least he told him. I think that was the part of the immense that was needed. Right. So uh, I just want to point out, I mean, we don't know that he forgives him. So uh, we'll, we'll see. Maybe, maybe he'll be in season two. Um, but the next scene, uh, I, again, I, I called this up before. This is one of my favorite scenes. Sam, Sam goes back to Isaiah um, again. So I, I'm, I am in hindsight. I, I kind of question whether the last Isaiah scene was absolutely necessary but I am glad that we got that context because it does pay off a lot more here. I care so much more about Isaiah and, and his, his story. Um, so yeah, the, the, this whole scene showing up at the house and then uh, he shows them the the monument built for him back at the museum. Uh, yeah, I, I loved every bit of this. Yeah, no, I mean, it was such a touching scene and and Isaiah was so touching with even like, I love that he didn't, he was still questioning Sam, even though he's still, he was impressed with Sam, but it was like the character was so well-written. I thought, I thought we were going to get a Patriot moment too. I thought his, his uh, grandson was going to uh, start to be molded into that. And I think we're getting that. It has to happen, but I thought the statue was a nice touch. They really love going to this museum. I mean, it is a cool museum. Uh, there's a lot of different Easter eggs in there. Uh, but I, yeah, I am glad. I, I think that uh, as far as Patriot goes, again, I, I expect a season two here, and uh, we, we need some some cannon fodder there, and I think that'd be a good one to explore in the second season. Yes, 
as in when we get young Avengers, like, cause it's going to happen. It has to happen at this point. And yeah, I, I thought that was a cool, I think it could have ended there. I'm glad we got the next scene after this, but I think you could have ended on Isaiah and just let that, let people, uh, you know, like chew on that. You know, I think you could have let people chew on that image of Isaiah and the statue and what it means. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah. Again, I think uh, that everything from this point on, not totally necessary, but yeah, we, we kind of get a party at Sam's, right? Uh, Bucky brings the cake and uh, he's got kids hanging on his arm. It's kind of a fun scene, but not a whole lot to take from this. Oh, Bucky brings that cake. <laughs> that, uh, yeah, yep, he does. <laughs> I, I I said I had a crush on Bucky. He's got he's the full package. What can I say? Yeah, it was a fun scene. It also just like I do I do understand ending on this. I'm not mad about it because I think like it shows Bucky and Sam and how far they've come to. So I, I thought it was a fun scene and it leads us into the credits and the music. It was just like, yeah, I was jamming out to it. Yeah, that that I think uh that that was the Disney ending, right? Uh maybe maybe they even had planned to end on the Isaiah thing, but this was like, oh we with a little we need smiles at the very end. So, yep. Uh, and that's yeah, the so end. No that's other it. scenes. Uh, show's wrapped. Good job, Tommy. Another successful podcast. <laughs> How many uh, times can we do this bit? I- I'm never gonna get sick of it. No, me neither. Uh, well, we get we get Carter. She's he's pardoned. Don't worry, everybody. She's pardoned now. Uh, this is a dumb post credit scene. Yes, the only thing that. It one of the redeeming things with Sharon is that like it makes sense why she just blew up her whole secret soldier stash if she is the power broker. Because that's something I brought up to you. I said, if she's a power broker, why did she lead them right to her scientists? Why did she let them destroy the serum? It's because she's now moved on to greener pastures. In her head, she's like, if I get pardoned, I have access to every. I mean, how would she have known she would have become a government? agent from that i don't know but yeah she's gonna have government secrets that she's gonna sell there's someone else involved with her too like she was making phone calls to someone so i'm interested to see where she goes but i don't know if this needed to be a post-credit scene yeah that was uh we'll talk about this for a second because that was another thing luke brought up in my conversation with him was he was like who, who was on the phone at the end and, and for me my i told him i was like well, i don't think it really matters i think it's like a just a generic person if this was like uh, if this was like the penultimate episode, and that's that's what we are left on, I would probably be like, oh, we're gonna find out next episode who she was talking to. It's gonna be really important. But I got, I kind of got a feeling it doesn't matter. Yeah, I think they probably don't know her now, but I think it could matter in the future because, like, I think like when we're dealing with her storyline, I think that possibly maybe there's someone puppeting her. Maybe she's a me puppet. Not the meat puppet again. But I honestly kind of hope that she's not. Like, I'm, I want more women villains. I want more women superheroes, but I want, like, I don't want another, like, oh, they're the villain, but there really is a man behind the woman villain. Like, let, let if she's going to be the villain, let her be the villain. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I did. I had a lot of predictions for this postcard scene. I, I thought Zima would be a good one here. I started to think Patriot. If we did something with Patriot at the end, that would have been cool. I feel like there's a lot of cool things we could have done with this postcard scene. And uh, yeah, it was fine. So 
Yeah, or like a goofy callback. That also, I, I always like those. Like maybe like something referencing like Cap being on the moon again. That would be so. Like he oh is. It's just we post credit scene. We go to the moon. It's old man Steve, and he just winks at the camera. Cut to black. Perfection. <laughs> and if we would want our cameo draft, which again we have come up short on. So. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that that's it, Tommy. Um, I guess uh, your takes, your takes as a whole. What, what do you think about the whole series? Yeah, I mean, like I said at the top, overall, I walked away happy. I think we got the character development we needed. And that was the thing we said about WandaVision too. The shows are giving us character development, and that's really what I want. Uh, yes, it's adding all this new characters, all these new plots. that I, I don't like that it's just set up, but I'm glad that the characters that have been set up in the past are finally getting their backstories. And so I appreciate that from the show. I appreciate the conversations that it's led to. Um, and I hope continues leading to, and I like where Marvel is going. I'm just leery about this constant setup. But yeah, so it, it looks like we're in development for Captain America four. And I guess the, the uh, to the audience, this will be our, our new segment here. Cause I, we both have a Marvel story. So I'm curious, Captain America four, uh, so obviously that's going to be our, our buddy Sam Wilson taking up the shield. And so does that, does that nullify season two? I think so. I think that anything that's going to happen in season two is going to happen in, in uh, Captain America four, but maybe I don't think that any of these Marvel shows, they had any intention for new seasons. I think they are supposed to be like almost like mini movies. Like maybe you'll get one eventually, but it's like, it's one and done just to pre- progress the narrative that Marvel has, has started. Yeah. And I think I would much prefer that as well. Um, I, I, I like exploring. I like that we're exploring different corners of the, the Marvel universe. Uh, obviously WandaVision completely different than this show. I think Loki is going to be completely different than the other ones. And then we'll have something like Miss Marvel, which is, I mean, we're, we'll be meeting an entirely new different character. So yeah, I think I would much prefer seeing, Seeing these shows being one-offs, per se, and uh, I yeah, hey, Sam Wilson has deserved a movie the whole time. That's why that's why we're getting we got the series in the first place because he deserved a bigger stage. I'm curious though. I kind of got the feeling that if we're doing Captain America four, is that because maybe this show didn't perform the way they wanted, and now they're turning it into movie and canceling out season two? You know, I didn't think about that. I don't think so. I think this was always especially if it's already in motion and they're starting like starting the motion, this has been planned for a little bit. You don't just like, I I, I can't see them during the responses of the show being like, Oh, now we got to get a movie together. Let's, let's get going. Sometimes it feels like their decisions are that chaotic. I'll say that, but it probably isn't. (laughs) Maybe they just like roll a dice and it was like, all right, like maybe season two, maybe a movie. Let's see. Uh, but yeah, so we'll we'll go into our next Marvel story here. Um, the Shang Ti trailer dropped, and this was like, this is like the most hyped I've been about a Marvel trailer in a long time. A lot of times, it's like, okay, yeah, that's the thing that's coming. You know, it's like uh, I get the vibe, but this is like a completely different. This is nothing like we've ever seen a Marvel before. Um, it's very like uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. There's some really cool martial arts going on here. Uh, super stoked for this movie. What do you think about the trailer? 
Or did I, I? Are you? Did you watch this, Tommy? Do I have to call you out? I don't watch trailers. Remember, <laughs> so, yeah, this, okay. the time Pazula stands. I don't watch trailers, but I'm excited to hear that you like it because, like, I don't mind hearing from other people, but I don't want to go in knowing anything plot wise into a movie. So I tend to not watch trailers because some Marvel's pretty good at not doing it, but some trailers give away the entire plot of the movie, and it's like, well, then why do I watch the movie? You just told me what the movie's about. Again, Marvel's pretty good at like not doing that, but I don't take any chances. So I have heard good things, though. I've, I've heard people talk about it. I'm very excited for this movie because I think Marvel does best when people don't know the properties. I mean, some of their look at Guardians. People love Guardians because no one knew anything about Guardians. And I feel that way about uh, this. This movie is like people don't really know anything about this guy. Yeah, and I'm one of them. So uh Super excited for it. Um, but yeah, we'll go into... Uh, Tommy, you got a recommendation for us? Oh, do I have a recommendation? Uh, my recommendation, other than always repeating that you need to watch Invincible, because, oh my gosh, this last episode. Uh, that being said, it's a comic book. I'm going to recommend Shirtless Bear Fighter. This sounds dangerous. Oh. He's shirtless and he's fighting bears. I let me see when this this comic came out. It came out in 2017. It's an image comic, and I remember getting it. And like the first comic is actually worth a lot because like they only made like a thousand issues, and then everyone was like, "This is really cool. I want this." So he's a guy who was raised by bears, and then the bears betrayed him, and so now he has a vendetta against bears, and the government gets him involved into a mission. Uh, to take down the bears because now there's there's crazy bears going around the city like attacking people. So he they bring in shirtless bear fighter. Uh, what other things about him? He likes flapjacks. Uh, I believe there's like a whole thing of like he doesn't call them pancakes. You have to call them flapjacks. And uh, he's the angriest man the world has ever known. Would you ever say flapjack in your everyday life? Yeah, I, I like things like that. Like instead of fighting, I say ruckus. Like, I feel like I'm very, I like like the, the wacky language. Uh, I feel like, uh, I feel like this might be a thing that maybe has faded a little bit, but I remember being in grade school and um, we had flapjack day, but it was very, it was specifically flapjack day and not pancake day because flapjacks are Canadian. I don't even know if that's a thing. Is that a thing? Are flapjacks Canadian? Or was that like my, my insensitive, ignorant uh, private school that I went to? Maybe uh, we should, our Canadian listeners, let us know, are flapjacks just a Canadian thing? I always thought it was like, it's just like, it's like calling sprinkles jimmies. It's just more of a, depends on where you're located kind of thing. Is that a thing, jimmies? Yeah, you haven't heard this? No. Oh, yeah. People love calling sprinkles jimmies. I think it's actually an old-timey thing. Old people call it sprinkles jimmies. Oh, give me some jimmies on my vanilla ice cream, please. Yeah, so Tommy, I feel like you're very well uh, you're, you're very well versed in this stuff. I was born and raised in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, I understand a lot of the the Southern lingo, but you, look, you you've been all over the country at this point. So I feel like uh, I, I try. I'll take you. I'll take your word for it. Jimmy is our thing. Yeah, let's bring back Jimmy's. Everyone, start calling them Jimmy's. You heard it here first. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I'll, I'll do my recommendation here. I, I touched on it last week, and I really. I had a different recommendation last week, and uh, but I wanted to come back to it, right? Because I mentioned Succession because Succession 
Tommy, do you, first of all, do you watch Succession? I've heard oh great things. Listen, got all I do is podcast and watch Marvel. I don't have time for other shows. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So Succession is basically the way I like to describe it is Succession is like Game of Thrones in corporate America, right? It's all about people like fighting for power. It's very like business oriented. It's kind of like more like of a modern day madman in that type of way. Um, but they're also like they're like billionaires, this family, and it follows this family and their business. And obviously, like the succession of the business, and uh, again, it's kind of like the hierarchy and and like uh, uh, some like royal family type stuff. But it, and I, I described it last week as like a bunch of people sitting in chairs and talking. And I know that probably like turns I just turned everybody off to the show. But again, it's like it's like the fight scenes are with words, and it's it's so excellently crafted in that way. And man, it is it is such a fascinating show. It is my favorite show that has, I'll say it's my favorite show since Breaking Bad. Um, and Breaking Bad is my favorite show of all time. So uh, I highly recommend Succession. If you guys aren't watching it, there's going to be a new season eventually. So look, uh, hop on board. It's great. I will give it a try for you because I I believe in your message. But I don't. I have so many shows to watch. There's a lot of shows. There's a lot of shows. Uh, and, and one day I'll watch Infinity Train and you'll watch Succession and all will be right in the world. The fact you haven't, oh, I <laughs> tell you. But listen, let's get out of Marvel World. We've been in Marvel World for too long now. Yes, I'm super excited. We've kind of built this uh, podcast as a Marvel and Star Wars podcast, but we've only talked about Marvel this far. So uh, look, dude, Bad Bats, it's right there. The bad, that's what they call us. <laughs> We're the bad batch of podcasting. Yeah, that's what they say. Oh, Stark Wars, you got to watch out. Those are the bad, the bad batch of podcasts. You never know what they're going to do. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, we'll be doing a, uh, we'll probably have a uh, a preview show for the bad batch coming out a little bit earlier. I'm, I'm going to watch, uh, I'm going to watch, rewatch the bad batch episodes of the Clone Wars. To prepare, I'll have all kinds of notes and stuff. Tommy, if you want, you can just sit back and relax on this one because I'm excited to just be the Star Wars expert. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely going to let you take the lead on this. Uh, I know I've, I've watched Star Wars, right? I've dabbled with Star Wars. I watched the Clone Wars and Rebels, and I think if I didn't watch that, I would be even more lost going into Bad Batch. But I definitely feel like your expertise outside of this of the TV shows is really going to come in handy here, and uh, I'm excited. I'll, I'll I'll take your little hand and we'll walk off into the sunset as we uh, as we deal with uh, the Bad Batch. Yeah, so uh, super excited for that. We'll have we'll have that preview show out early next week, and after that, we'll be doing our bonus episode of Invincible. So the finale will be on Friday. I believe I'm like 95% sure it's eight episodes. So I hope that's right. Yes. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so we will be having our bonus episode then usually about the same time we would do this episode. So expect those two things coming and then, uh, yeah, we'll be, we'll be head on deep into the bad batch and look bad batch. I don't know how many, they haven't confirmed how many episodes there are. It's been rumored to be at least 14 episodes, which will overlap with loki eventually so i don't know how we're going to tackle that but uh look ride with us we got a lot of cool things coming up and i'm super excited about it bad batch bad batch what you gonna do what you gonna do when the bad batch comes for you
Uh, thanks for the new theme song, Tommy. That's <laughs> sorry, Aaron Robertson. Now I get the the thank yous at the end. Yeah. So speaking of thank yous, uh, yeah, we have Tommy Pizzullo, our, our music guy. <laughs> uh, no, Aaron, Aaron Robertson. You heard the song in the beginning. Aaron Robertson did that. Look, if if you if you need some music, I don't know his availability right now, but uh, Aaron Robertson on Twitter. He, I've got his uh, I've got his handle in the in the show notes, so check it out. If you need some music, message him because he'll help you out. Um, Ethan Callum as well. I'm sure he'd be glad to help you guys out. He did our logo, uh, super cool dude. So I would message him as well. He does comic books, so look if you're into that world, uh, cool stuff there. I also like to remind you guys to rate and review us on iTunes. That helps a bunch, preferably five stars. And also, if you want to. Tell a friend. Um, we're entering a new world of the Disney Plus universe and, and going to Star Wars. So uh, I imagine we'll probably be uh, maybe cycling out some viewers. I don't know how many people are into Star Wars. Hopefully you come with us on this adventure. But if not, maybe you know somebody that's a Star Wars fan and, and you can tell them to hop on board. So it's a great way to uh, spread the word about the show. Yeah, just shout at people. <laughs> Yell at people. Okay, you're in the deli. Yeah. Scream at them. <laughs> Scream that uh, while if you're at a funeral after you yell dead a lot at them, you then go, hey, also watch Dark Wars. Listen to yep. it and, and subscribe, please. On all your favorite podcast apps. So, <laughs> All right, guys, that, that brings us to the end. Thank you so much for sticking with us through the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And I hope to see you in our future endeavors. Uh, have a great weekend, everybody. And goodbye. Bye.